What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Here's a quick synopsis. A scientist known as the High Evolutionary is the creator of Rocket Raccoon and sends the powerful Adam Warlock to capture the member of the Guardians. The film stars Chris Pratt, Zoe Zeldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, Vin Diesel, Karen Gillan, Palm Clementif, Will Poulter, Sean Gunn, and Shakuti Iwuji. Standout performances. The internet would have you believe that actor Chris Pratt is widely despised. The box office, however, tells a different story. That he's a movie star that has wide appeal. 2023 has had him at the center of the two biggest hits of the year. The Super Mario Brothers movie, which made over $1.3 billion, and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 which has made just under $840 million. Those are two of the highest grossing films of the year, and last year he starred in Jurassic World Dominion, which made over $1 billion and was the third highest grossing film of the year. And I get it. These are franchise movies that a lot of people will look at them and say would have made money no matter if Chris Pratt was in them or not. And to a certain extent, I agree with that. I think these movies would be popular without Chris Pratt, but I do believe he has star power I think general audiences want Chris Pratt starring in movies and if there was any actor I would compare him to it would be Tom Cruise no he's nowhere near the actor and leading man but he is without a doubt popular because of his alleged beliefs people have mixed feelings on him though he's polarizing and like Cruise there was a time when Chris Pratt was universally beloved for playing Andy Dwyer on Parks and Recreation only Ashton Kutcher can play a lovable dummy as good as Chris Pratt. Then he had supporting roles in some really good movies Moneyball, Zero, Dark 30, and Her. There were three big movies in a row that made Chris Pratt the movie star he is today. The Lego movie, Guardians of the Galaxy both in 2014 and Jurassic World in 2015 that turned him into a movie star and like him or not that's what he is until further notice. Let's talk about Pratt as Peter Quill aka Star-Lord. At the end of Infinity War, he lost Gamora. She came back in Endgame, but not as the same Gamora who fell in love with him. And that's what he's dealing with at the beginning of Volume 3. And one of the reasons I like him as Quill way more than Owen Grady, his Jurassic World character, is because Guardians always allows Pratt to do the thing he's best at, which is comedy. Pratt will next star in the movies Garfield as the cynical cat and the electric state with Millie Bobby Brown. The next film from the Russo brothers, who of course directed Pratt in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. The end of Volume 3 also hinted this might not be the last time we see Chris Pratt suit up and play Star Lord. Another Guardians of the Galaxy star who has flat out crushed it at the box office is Zoe Zeldana, who has appeared in three of the highest grossing films of all time Avatar, Avengers Endgame, and Avatar The Way of the Water, and also was in Avengers. Infinity War and three Star Trek movies. The size of these movies can sometimes get you to forget how good of an actress Zelda 
Ariana is. She was one of my favorite parts of the David O. Russell movie Amsterdam. In this movie, she's playing Gamora for a third and final time, yet she's playing a different version of the character, a more aggressive version of the character, and one who does not remember her time with the Guardians. I'll be honest, I am confused. Why bring back Gamora to just not have her end up with Star-Lord? I don't understand this. I think Marvel is overthinking these things. Just do the simple thing and give people what they want. I think Saldana and Chris Pratt have really good chemistry. Just give audiences what they want and stop trying to complicate things. That's one of my biggest issues with Marvel movies nowadays. Yes, they can bring back dead characters whenever they want, but they never really have a point to bringing them back in the first place. Saldana is of course going to be in the next few Avatar movies directed by James Cameron in a new show from Taylor Sheridan, Special Ops Linuses. And it seems as if Saldana wants to star in less franchise fare telling women's wear, quote, I feel that for the last 10 years of my life, I've just been stuck. I felt stuck doing these franchises. I'm very grateful for the opportunities that they provided from collaborating with amazing directors and getting to meet cast members that I consider friends and getting to play a role that fans, especially children, love. But it always meant that I felt artistically stuck in my craft of not being able to expand or grow or challenge myself by playing different sorts of genres and different roles. Dave Bautista was a well-known WWE wrestler and is now just as known for his acting prowess. He's worked on massive movies like the Free Guardians movies, of course, and the James Bond film Spectre, Blade Runner 2049, and Dune. And over the last two years, he has gotten some recognition for his performances in Knives Out Glass Onion, directed by Ryan Johnson, and M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin. I love Batista as Drax, but I do feel he had a better arc in the earlier films trying to avenge the loss of his daughter after Thanos was beaten. It didn't feel like he was given much to do other than to be funny, which he is. Batista will next be in Dune Part 2, the highly anticipated sequel. Actor Will Poulter was in the Maze Runner movies, and after that, he was almost in some other big projects. The It movies as Pennywise and The Lord of the Rings, The Ring of Power on Amazon. In Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the actor plays Adam Warlock, who on paper is a bad guy, but soon you realize he's just inexperienced and misguided. There's not a ton of him overall in the movie, but I am intrigued to see his future in the MCU. He was also great in a guest appearance on the hit TV show The Bear. The last performance I want to note comes from Chikuti Uwuji, who plays the villain, the High Enforcer, who is determined to make a perfect planet inhabited by a perfect species. Marvel has had a villain problem lately. I like the villains who don't view themselves as villains, and the High Enforcer doesn't want to rule the world. He thinks what he is doing is necessary. For a while there, a third Guardians of the Galaxy film directed by James Gunn seemed like it was never going to happen. Gunn was fired from Marvel for his offensive tweets. He went on to make The Suicide Squad a movie I have mixed feelings about, and then through the support of the stars of the movie, like Pratt, Gunn was reinstated as writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and has now emerged as one of the most powerful figures in the studio system. He's now the co-president of DC Films, and his next film is Superman Legacy, which cast currently includes David Cornsweet as Clark Kent, aka Superman, Rachel Brosnan, 
Brosnan as Lois Lane, Isabella Merced as Hawkgirl, Eddie Getheji as Mr. Terrific, Nathan Fillion as the Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, and Anthony Kerrigan as Metamorpho. I would personally say I've never been a massive fan of Superman. Like, I've always been a Batman guy. Superman has always been kind of dull and disinteresting. I like the Christopher Reeves movies. I don't love them. I didn't like Henry Cavill in the role at all. I like Man of Steel. I think it's a good-looking movie, but ultimately, I think that movie is super flawed. There has never been a perfect Superman movie. And I think my interest is going to come down to who Gunn cast as Lex Luthor. Now, Nicholas Holt went up for the role of Superman, but if somehow he ends up playing Lex Luthor, I will be highly anticipating this movie. Nicholas Holt is always great when he's playing a bad guy. Just watch Mad Max Fury Road. I know he's a bad guy who turns into a good guy, but he's great in that movie. He's basically a villain in The Great. One of the things that most fascinates me about James Gunn making a Superman movie is that the other superhero movies he's made have been about secondary characters. Mainstream media wasn't super focused on the Guardians of the Galaxy or the Suicide Squad. They were popular, but audiences weren't super invested going in. Now, the quality of those movies made people care about that character, but there are a lot of people who have opinions and care about the character of Clark Kent. So, can a director who has thrived on making movies out of characters we don't know a lot about make a movie about somebody so iconic as Superman? I think it's going to be interesting because there's going to be expectations that weren't there when he made Guardians of the Galaxy and weren't there when he made The Suicide Squad. For instance, if Superman Legacy has the same comedic tone as Guardians of the Galaxy, there will be a lot of people calling it out and saying, that's not Superman. Superman is a more serious character. This is not supposed to be a funny movie. We're not that far removed from Zack Snyder being criticized for having Superman kill Zod. Remember the whole Superman doesn't kill rule? Well, Zack Snyder broke that rule. That's why I find the character of Superman is he can be limiting and not give the director a chance to make the movie that he wants to make. I wonder how James Gunn is going to do in that environment. Will he make a movie that is universally beloved, or will he make a movie that half the people defend on the internet and the other half of people thinks isn't true to the character of Superman? What James Gunn has done with the Guardians of the Galaxy is impressive to say the least. He was given secondary characters, like I said, that most general audiences had never heard of. He got you to emotionally connect with a talking raccoon and these free films are free of the funniest Marvel movies. He was able to ground all of the space nonsense that are in these movies and that's something that Marvel has particularly struggled with lately. Gunn has kind of become a figurehead for these superhero movies because he has defended them against criticisms from these other auteur filmmakers like Martin Scorsese and Francis Ford Coppola who have said that these comic book movies are not cinema and James Gunn of course does not believe that he believes his movies are up there with other people's movies and he has that right. I mean it must be hard when one of the greatest directors of all time Martin Scorsese calls the movies you make a theme park ride. How is James Gunn supposed to respond to that? He has become a bit of a figurehead for these movies and it seems like he's into making these movies for the long haul at DC. Getting back to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, 
I do want to talk more about the arc of Rocket Raccoon. He's, of course, really fun in the first two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. I grew to love the character in Avengers Infinity War, where he was paired with Chris Hemsworth's Thor. I really would have loved a Guardians team-up movie with Thor, but James Gunn didn't want that, so in Thor, Love and Thunder, they had to separate Thor from the Guardians. Come on, this movie could have used more star power. Chris Hemsworth with Chris Pratt with Rocket Raccoon, it would have been a really good movie. I don't understand why Thor couldn't be an ongoing member of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It would have been a lot of fun, and Chris Hemsworth in particular is a really funny dude who would have mixed well with the humor of the Guardians films. In Volume 3, it's Rocket who takes center stage. He's the emotional core of the movie. You get a heartbreaking backstory that perfectly shows why he is the way he is. And really, this is the part of the movie that's either going to make you love the film or not care about it at all because if you don't emotionally connect with that backstory, the rest of the movie means absolutely nothing. It really isn't about Chris Pratt's Star-Lord. It isn't about Drax. It isn't about Gamora. It's about Rocket Raccoon. So if you are not emotionally invested in this character whatsoever, this movie isn't going to work for you at all and that's the biggest risk James Gunn has taken with this franchise franchise. He's made it all about Rocket Raccoon, and I have to give him credit because for me, he pulls it off. I did care about this character. I did care about the arc. I found it very touching. Marvel is filled with many trilogies and franchises from Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, Spider-Man, Ant-Man, and for me, Guardians of the Galaxy is near the top of that list. It's been consistently good, although some had issues with Volume 2, which I liked a lot, and while the movie feels like the end, it also gives a sense of a new beginning without some of its major stars and director. Can Marvel successfully make a Guardians movie without James Gunn? And the thing I would worry about is the writing of the script. The plot of most new Marvel movies are a complete mess and Guardians Volume 3 is superior to most of those new films. If Marvel wants the franchise to continue, they need to pick the right successor to James Gunn. My overall big picture thought about Marvel right now is the movies that do good are the ones that star established characters and actors. Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, Benedict Cumberbatch, Tom Holland. The ones that have struggled have been the ones starring newcomers. And that probably has a lot to do with Disney plus Marvel shows. They belittled their own product by having major movie stars like Oscar Isaac star in not so memorable TV shows shows. The future of Marvel is going to come down to one thing and one thing alone. How they incorporate the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into their future movies. If both of those things explode and become big franchises of their own, then Marvel will thrive for years to come. But if they make a bad X-Men movie or a bad Fantastic Four film, it will be over for Marvel. They don't have anything left. They don't have any other iconic characters that we want to see on screen. That's all they've got left, unless they reboot everything. And nobody wants to see a reboot of Iron Man, a reboot of Captain America. Not enough time has passed. The future of Marvel is going to come down to the X-Men and Fantastic Four. They have no other cards to play. That's the big one left. If they nail that, I love the X-Men. I love Fox's X-Men movies. Most of them are really good. If Marvel can do half 
half as good as some of those films, they will have a bright future. But if they can't do an X-Men movie and they can't do the Fantastic Four, then it will be over for Marvel. At least when it comes to having mainstream audiences. At some point in the not-so-distant future, they're going to lose some of their big stars like Elizabeth Olsen, like Benedict Cumberbatch, like Tom Holland, like Chris Hemsworth. What happens when Marvel doesn't have movie stars in their movies? And what happens if they get bigger movie stars to play characters that people don't even know? They have to cast the Fantastic Four perfectly. I've heard all the rumors that Adam Driver could be in the role. They need an actor of the caliber of Adam Driver to get people interested in that movie because if that movie doesn't work, Marvel is out of options. Hugh Jackman coming to Deadpool is at the same time both the best thing to happen to Marvel right now and the worst thing that's happening to Marvel right now because they won't have Hugh Jackman long term. I don't feel like Hugh Jackman is going to play Wolverine five more times for Marvel and the fact that they haven't casted anyone big as Wolverine in the future isn't very good. They're going to have Hugh Jackman as Wolverine for a very limited amount of time. Maybe they'll have Patrick Stewart and Deadpool 3. Maybe they'll have those X-Men characters. But is that what people want? To see people play characters that they played back in 2002? It's been reported that Jennifer Garner might be in Deadpool 3 playing Elektra again. Like, who cares? Make something new with big movie stars. Recast the X-Men. Choose your own Professor X. We can talk all day long about if the multiverse is working or not. That's not what's going to save Marvel is the plot of their movies. What's going to save Marvel is the Fantastic Four and X-Men. If they nail those movies, people will come back to watch. If they get major movie stars to play the Fantastic Four and members of the X-Men, people will come to the theaters in droves. It's about those movies. That's all they've got left. They've got nothing else left that we haven't seen. Overall, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the perfect send-off for this iteration of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Dave Bautista says he's done playing Drax. Saldana is done playing Gamora. It sounds like Pratt wants his own Star-Lord movie. James Gunn is with DC. Marvel is losing some major talent, and it's crazy to think about how almost none of them were super well-known when the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie came out over a decade ago, and that's the difference between Marvel now and Marvel then. Marvel then was creating its own movie stars. They picked a random guy in Chris Pratt and turned him into a movie star. That doesn't seem to be happening right now, and I don't understand why, because they're not making quality movies. That's part of it. They're not having them play memorable characters. They're not casting the right people. I mean, there's many reasons why they're no longer turning people into stars, but at one point, they were big enough where they turned most of this cast into stars. You just get a sense that this might be the last really good Marvel movie you see in a long time because they're not making consistent movies and the only reason that this movie was consistent is because it had James Gunn, it had Chris Pratt, it had Zoe Zeldana, it had Dave Bautista, it had everyone who had been involved in the earlier success of Marvel. Those people are running out and they're running out fast. And it doesn't feel like Marvel is prepared for these people to leave. They don't have anything to excite you come 
coming around the corner. I have no idea when a Fantastic Four movie is coming or when the X-Men are going to be introduced. I know Wolverine is going to be in Deadpool 3, but if that's all you have, that's not enough. I'll end on this. The first Guardians of the Galaxy movie surprised us all with how good it was. What was the last Marvel movie that did that, that surprised you? We all knew that the Spider-Man movie with all the Spider-Men was going to be good, but when was the last time Marvel surprised you with the high quality? It's been a long time. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly recommend you check out Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, and next week it's a big one on the podcast as I'm talking about Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer starring Killian Murphy, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Robert Downey Jr., and Florence Pugh, so tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe. 